Hey, Dave, what's going on? It's uh, Josh. What's up, Josh? How you doing? Hey, not too bad. Uh, you're live on... Uh, Should I say, how you doing? Yeah, so true. You're live on Sip and Tea with Josh. Uh, um, what's going on with you? Uh, well, as they say in Pennsylvania, not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, I... Um, I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about New York. Um, you okay. know, I know you're no, I know you're very familiar with the the city. Uh, I figured you could tell us, uh, me and my viewers, a little bit about it. Okay. Well, I'm a diehard New Yorker. Grew up in the Bronx. Moved to Brooklyn when I was 21. Um, I lived in Manhattan various parts. I lived in Queens. Um, I lived in places that were considered extremely dangerous, very high homicide rates. Um, back in the 80s, you know, they had, they had the crack epidemic and, and that was just, you know, insane. I mean, uh, I mean, it was dangerous just really walking out of your house. And now these neighborhoods, <laughs> they're all spruced up. They got a new beginning. They raised the rent so high where people like me can't even afford a freaking toilet in New York anymore. <laughs> and you got a bunch of out-of-towners. They, they call them hipsters. I don't know where they got money, but they got money. And uh, they don't want you now live in New York City. And it completely lost its character forever. And, uh, they, you know, they'll make, they make movies about people like me and my friends back in uh, our days. Because that's when New York was New York. New York has not been the same for a very long time and uh, I liked it when it was gritty and I liked it when it was mean and I liked it when people were afraid to go there because it's just home. That's the way I grew up. It was just familiar. And, um, you know, and then a lot of uh, different languages and stuff like that. And I mean, I come from immigrant families myself, but, uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, non-English speaking, everything else was catered to a lot of people where uh, it just wasn't right. I mean, you come to this country and you should learn English, raise the flag, be American, try to be, you know, at least do that much. But uh, uh, before I left 11 years ago, I remember going to um, the, the subway station, which is like the arteries. Of, of, of any New Yorker. I mean, any New Yorker knows the subways really well. Right. And uh, you used to get a token. So now they got a Metro card, the Metro card system. So, you know, with all the computer age and everything, uh, the last time I was there, they got this machine now that it's a touch screen. You touch the screen, and uh, the first thing it says after you touch the screen is, which language do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what started out is maybe, uh, I don't know, four different languages. Uh, before I left, was that they were up to like, I think, eight or nine, you know. I mean, even when it came to Asian languages, there was like five different dialects of it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, the character slowly faded away, man, you know. And uh, I'm not like Donald Trump looking at some kind of white America and what white America and all this crap. That's not, I mean, I grew up in a melting pot and everything, but uh, 
that just doesn't have that feel, man. It lost its character. New York City definitely, definitely lost its character. You know. And well, you know. You know, I was watching this uh, this documentary uh, about a week or so ago, and New York. A lot of people don't know this, but New York had a, a, a recession, um, and it was very. When this recession hit, uh, it devastated New York, um, and that's how that's how a lot of businessmen were able to capitalize uh, during this recession because when this recession hit. Um, you know, a lot of businessmen were making deals and getting tax cuts and and so forth. Right. So, um, right, right. were you there? Were you there during that recession? Oh, absolutely. I was there not only during the recession, but I was there during the famous 1977 blackout, <laughs> mm. the summer of Sam. You know, the 44 caliber killer. I was 10 years old. And I was living in the Bronx, of all places. And back then, the Bronx was a war zone. And I mean, even for an average New Yorker that wasn't from the Bronx, if they were from Queens, if they were from Brooklyn, and you mentioned you were from the Bronx, they would look at you like, wow, I can only imagine what you've gone through. Or you live in the ghetto, you know, you live around burned out buildings and, you know, crime rate is just astronomical. And, you know, every day it's just a body count. And I mean, Bodies rolled up in carpets and sanitation departments coming the next day and just throwing them right in the back of the truck. You know what I mean? Wow. That was the news when I was growing up. That was the 7 o'clock news. It was a body count, you know? And it all happened in the Bronx or Brooklyn. Basically, those two places where I'm from. And, um, and let me tell you, I did not grow up in the ghetto either. I didn't grow up far from the ghetto. But I didn't grow up in the ghetto, and it was a lot of crime and stuff. And you know, it was tough. It was tough. You grow up fast. You grow up really, fast, uh, you know, tough. And, and you know, it's like even if you're not the fighting type of person, which I just wanted to be left alone when I was a kid. I just wanted to mind, you know, mind my business. And you know, I was just an average kid. I was into the Lone Ranger, and you know, I wanted to be a cowboy one day. And that all changed in the, in, in in the parks. That all changed right in the parks, you know? Here come the bullies, and they come, and they, they turn you into, you know, of course, you don't like what's going on, but it actually turns you into a man. You become uh, very, um, at, at an early age, you, you just become a man. You, your childhood is taken from you. There really isn't, like, women just go to the park and play on the swings. Uh, things happen. Now, now... Were you into, uh, did they kind of drag you into the dark life of maybe uh, getting high or drinking and, and stuff like oh, that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you want to hear a story about me getting high the first time I ever got high and yeah. who I was getting high with? Yeah, sure. All right, this, sure. Is what we're, this, this is what we're here for, so let me tell you. All right? All right. My father told me a long time ago. My father told me a long time ago, you know, he wasn't raised in New York City, but he uh, kind of, you know, he was a businessman and he he worked in the South Bronx of all places, which was the deadliest place all of New York back then. And uh, I was just a kid, you know, and I started getting bullied. And, you know, my father realized, hey, you know, my son needs to know how to fight. But also these streets, it's not like, you know, you're having a one-on-one -on -one fight all the time either, you know, and it's not always fair. It's just a lot of times it's someone a lot bigger than you and you know that happens all over the place all over the world today but right difference is um well let me just go with the story my father 
choice. You have to fight your corner. It's a bigger guy or it's two or three guys. He says, if you don't feel confident enough, run to a garbage can. Now, the streets in New York were filled with garbage cans. A lot of them were overflowing, but there's garbage cans everywhere you go. And he told me, you run into a garbage can and you try to find a bottle. And if you can't find a bottle, you find anything you can and you use it as a weapon. You understand? Can I curse on this show? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I try not to, but I mean, if you if you slip, it's okay. I'll just, I'll edit it out. I'll try to hold back. I'll try to, right. <laughs> So, uh, make a long story short, right? Bully in the neighborhood, man. Some new guy, too. We moved to the neighborhood. He worked out. He lifted weights. He was 14. I was like, I don't know, 12, you know, but... You know, at that age, I mean, uh, two years old, it makes a big difference, you know? He was already a teenager. I was just a kid, you know? And I and I, didn't, I wasn't really a fighter. I, I just really wasn't, you know? Yeah. Well, he'd see me around. He'd give me a punch in the stomach. He'd slap me, you know, trip me, push me, you know, stupid things like that. He'd laugh. Of course, he'd do it when he's showing off in front of other people. That's why he did it. So he could look like a big, tough guy, you know? And, I look like a, like an idiot. So, uh, well, there's one day he really took his chances, and I was helping my mother coming back from the supermarket. I had some grocery bags I was helping my mother with, and uh, that's one thing about me. Like, you know, he pushed me around or whatever. Okay, but like, don't you know, don't don't do that when my mother's around because I'm a different person, you know, obviously. So, sure, he sure. Took his chances, and he came up to me. Comes up to me. My mother has the key in the door. We're about to go home. And like I said, I got these shopping bags in my hands. Walks right up to my face in front of my mother and just open cracks me with a nice slap right in the face in front of my mother. Wow. And uh, the bags dropped. I just looked at my mother's face. She looked at me. She was shocked. So shocked she couldn't even say anything. There was a garbage can right behind her. I went in the garbage can, I grabbed something. And let me tell you, this motherfucker was running. I was in such a rage, I was running after him and crying at the same time, but promising him that I was gonna death. So I chased him for six blocks in the Bronx with people hanging out, playing dominoes outside, running by my barber shop and everyone was like holy crap look at this kids look at these kids running but the best part of the story is this like I said I chased him he ran but you know what I had in my hand a chicken bone <laughs> <laughs> wow I was in such a rage that I picked up anything my hands could grip Mm-hmm. And I started running with him. And I promised him for six blocks I was going to s*** with Wow, that's hardcore. About two days later, so- about two days later, I'm in the park. And who do I see? I run into him. And believe me, I, I knew it wasn't done. I was like, oh, man, this is not good. So wait, just to clarify, just to clarify, this was your... Just to clarify again, this, this was your dad? Yeah. Or, or this was someone... No, no, no. This was a friend of the family. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It was not. My, my dad told me 
that if ever something happens where I feel threatened, you know, go grab something. This this was this was a bully in my neighborhood. Oh, so this was just some this random cat that tried to mess with you while you guys were entering your house? No, this was a bully. He knew me. He bullied me before. I never did anything about it. Okay. He, he bullied me in front of my mother, and that's when I snapped out. Gotcha, and gotcha. I chased him. Yeah, and that's, wasn't even there. that's insane. So get get back to the part where you said uh, you got into smoking, though. Was it after this incident? Okay, so, so I'm getting it. So, so hold on. So I'm getting there, right? Okay. So I was around, I was around uh, about, about 13 years old when this all happened. I was going on 13, I think. And uh, so about two days later, I go to the park, and uh, there's a basketball court over there. And he's over there shooting some hoops, and he's by himself. And... Uh, it was too late for me to turn around and go back because he saw me and I saw him and that was it. So I said, all right, well, whatever it is, it is. And I went down there, went down to the park and uh, he puts his arm around me and he goes to me, don't ever try to stab me with a chicken bone again, all right, kids? And he starts cracking up. <laughs> and, then he, and then he asked me if I wanted to play some hoops. But I said, all right, we'll shoot a little hoops. Well, shortly after that, he pulls out a rolled-up joint out of his pocket. And uh, he asked me if I'd ever seen one of them before. And uh, I told him no. He asked me if I wanted to smoke it with him. And uh, I don't know if he asked me or told me, but, uh, you know, and I mean, I wasn't uh, unwilling to do so, so I did. And that was the first time I ever got high on pot. Smoked a joint, and uh, I've been smoking the shit ever since. Even till now. Wow. Did you, uh, so did you and him become buddies after that, uh, after that incident? Well, well, we didn't become buddy buddies because he was older than me and he tended to hang out with people that were even older than him. Like he had that respect, you know? Gotcha. Because there were older hoodlums in my neighborhood, you know, they were called corner boys and, uh, you know, my corners were filled. Yeah, was it, were they all, is it like the movies, were they all, were a lot of people wearing suits and, and kind of like that, even though it was ghetto, or what was the deal? Suits? No. Yeah, like, you know, you know how you see in the movie, you know how you see in the movie, you see, uh, you know, you see them wearing suits, or you may see a white t-shirt. Jeez. Yeah, that's prohibition day. You know, that's like prohibition days where people wore suits and shit like that. Okay. That, that was not my day. My days, people just, you know, they, they uh, I mean, uh, you know, the white boys wore uh, freaking, uh, freaking uh, Hanes and some weed, you know what I mean? Pair cons, you know? Yeah. Uh, Blacks, Puerto Ricans, you know, they, they, you know, more like hip hop style. They wear, you know, colored, like, lead, burgundy colored lead whip really big, you know, I had a few myself. I went through that hip-hop phase, too, you know what I mean? We grew up in that era, and sure. it was the Bronx, it was, that's the way it was all created. You know, anybody can tell you that, man, hip-hop, breakdancing, all that shit, rapping, all that shit, all started in the Bronx. And uh, I was, I grew up right in that era, right in the beginning of it all, you know? Right so, in the beginning of it all. I so did like you, what kind of scene did you get into later in life as you grew up? Were you into the club scene, or, or what was your thing, or were you a hard worker? I made it. I made it. I made it to the club scene 
after I came home after doing three years in a juvenile. Okay. Um, I was, I, I got sent away to a juvenile when I was 14 and uh, came home when I was 18. And then at 18, you know, I was into the club scene and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I even made it to, um, oh my God, I can't remember that famous disco in Manhattan. I mean, it's in movies. Oh, 54. Uh, 54? What was that? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I made it into studio and let me tell you I was even underage to go in there but and I wasn't even planning on it but there I am for some reason in Manhattan one day I'm 18 I'm walking right by it's like a Saturday night I mean you could hear the music thumping from outside you know you see the line and everything and and uh, people dressed up and I mean it was really like you know it was New York City man that, that was like back in the days but anyway I'm, I'm, I'm walking down the block there and I noticed the bouncer, the guy that's, that's standing in front with his, with his, with his, you know, with his big arms and everything, is actually one of these older guys that's known me my whole life because he grew up right in my block. I died uh, years ago, so you know, all with us. But wow. he was, uh, yeah, he was standing right in front of there, man, and he was, you know, taking tickets or whatever it was doing. He was moving the line around, and there he is, man, and he's just to me. I was with another friend of mine that also grew up in the neighborhood that night. And uh, he, he told the both of us, man, if you want, in about 10, 15 minutes, he says, see that door over there? He says, just, just meet me over there at that door, man. And uh, he opened it up. And real quick, he snuck us in and just closed it right behind our backs, man. And we were in. <laughs> we wow. were in. That's then awesome. Right in there, started dancing immediately, you know? It's just like, <laughs> you know, it was like a group of girls. I'll never forget that, man. It's a group of girls. Like, they were like dancing in a circle, man. And we just jumped right in and just started dancing with them. Everyone was just dancing with each other. And then you go upstairs and people are all over the place, man. Like, you would think it was legal or something. Wow. Yeah, it was insane, man. One night in my life, that was it. Never went back there again. But I've been to a lot, a lot of all the clubs, man. I mean, you know, I had a, I grew up with a group of people that came out with their own band uh, called mm-hmm. And they were pretty damn good, man. They played all over the place. They played at CD. They played at They played in a lot. I mean, they, they were really good. They were like a mix between Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. You know? And, uh... So we, we did hit a lot of clubs, man. Oh, yeah, I've been to a lot. I've been, definitely been clubbing, you know. So what definitely was your... Clubbing. My younger age, I was hanging out on the streets, stuff. What was your ambition later in life? Like, did you want to be famous? Did you want to just make no. a lot of money? No, my ambition, no, my, no I'm going to tell you what my ambition was. I'm going to tell you exactly what my ambition was. My ambition was for two things, not to happen to me. Anything else, I really didn't care about. And the two things was to live past 30. Um, it was definitely a, a big deal for me. And the other thing was to never, ever, ever be homeless because growing up in New York in my day, you saw homeless people from the minute you walked out of your house until you came home. You saw them on the subways. You smelled them. You know, they'd be uh, all over the place on the streets in the snow. Wow. Dying out in the cold. Yeah, you see homeless people, there was, homeless was an abundance in New York. There was no way in the world that you could live in New York in my days and not run into or at least see a homeless person. No way. 
Now, did you ever come close? Were you ever close? Were you ever close to being homeless, or did you kind of keep your stuff together to where it never got to that point? No, thank God. I never got close to being homeless. Um, Never. I knew there was, uh, you know, there was that pivotal moment, you know what I mean? Just because I was in juvenile doesn't mean I didn't get in trouble after that. I, I didn't go to... Uh, prison, prison, really. Um, but I was in Central Booking a lot. You know, I got arrested a lot of times in Central Booking down in Manhattan. And uh, you know, over there, it's uh, as some people would say it's even more dangerous than Rikers Island. You know, being down in Central Booking, man, you're down there with a bunch of sick bastards from all the five boroughs that New York has to offer. And uh, you know, it's it's every man for himself. You know, so uh, one day I did some soul searching, and I said to myself, well. fantastic man you you got a you got a great story um is there uh i want to kind of close a little bit um but and i know it's too so soon because it seems like there's still so more much more to say but uh yeah (laughs) so maybe we'll do a part two um but uh i wanted to know um is there anything that you can say to someone who uh, may want to travel to New York or or whatnot. Um, do you think? Do you still love the city, or and do you think that it is still a great place? Or what are your thoughts? Um, I know you kind of felt bitter of the change, but I don't think that it's necessarily just just that it um, doesn't have the heart that it does. I think it's that. Um, technology is taking over, you know, and so now that technology has taken over, um, people in New York, they, they tend to act differently now. Um, a lot of people are staring down at their phones. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, not, they don't have that social connection that they did back in your time. So is there anything you would like to say to, um, maybe someone who was thinking about it or our listeners about New York of, um... Uh, any piece of advice before they go there? Well, I could give people advice if they're thinking of going there raising a family. I think even till this day, it's really no place to raise kids. Okay. You know, it's nice to have a little New York experience, but as far as living goes, it's a whole different story when you live there. You know, um, the other thing is, when you live in New York City, be prepared do whatever you can to find to actually um, practice reading the subway map because that's going to be your lifeline. I'm telling you right now, you can judge. I don't care what you're driving. You're not going to be able to park. <laughs> right. So where are you going? <laughs> you're not going to be able to park nowhere. And then there are places where you can park, and you know, that's a whole other story. But you know, I mean, your car gets broken into. 
you know, so it's really not a joyful experience owning a vehicle in New York City. And that's till now. That's definitely, you know, so. Uh, other than that, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Just so I can tell you, you know, you, you, you know, you, you got to have fun if you're gonna go to New York. You, you, you know, you're going there to have some fun. You know, so well, uh, you know, have fun, but you got to also be aware of your surroundings, pretty much at all times. That would be my my advice. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much, David. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I appreciate uh, having you on, sipping tea with Josh, and uh, pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we talk again soon. Pleasure talking to you too. Anytime, brother. All right, All right you too. Thanks, boss. You got it. Bye.